message today is found in the book of Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 13. And as we, as we, we look at that and read this and spend some time thinking about it, um, as we come this week, uh, we celebrate, or not, Valentine's Day. Some of you celebrate it, remember it, you maybe give out. You know, I, I, when I was in school, Valentine's Day was both awesome and terrible. Right? It was awesome because, you, you can probably guess it, because you got candy. Right? I, I love getting in my box and, and opening up and getting these candy, you know, the suckers and the smarties and the little hearts that had sayings on it. You know, that was great. I, I liked getting the candy. It was terrible because every year our teachers made us make a Valentine's box, you know, like a mailbox that we could put our Valentines in. And you had to do artsy stuff. I'm like, you know, you'd get mine, you look at it, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of embarrassing. It was, it was rough. You know, Valentine, some people, Valentine's was rough because, you know, they didn't get a Valentine or they didn't get one from who they wanted. I didn't care about that. You know, I just had to look at it. I got candy. You know, ooh, good. You have to look at that. It's bad. You know, yeah. Well, I thought, you know, Valentine's Day this year falls on Ash Wednesday. The first, the first, the first day of Lent, you know, as, we, as we begin in the preparation, um, preparing our hearts for, for Christ's, or remembering and celebrating Christ's death and resurrection. Um, and and it's, it's really fitting. It's really fitting that it falls, Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday fall on the same day. Um, it's, it's fitting because there is no greater act of love ever than, than when Christ died for us. Yeah, that, that's it. He who knew no sin knew sin for us, became sin for us. He who, he who had the, the, the glories and the wonders of heaven gave it all up to come here for us, to walk that street carrying the cross. Yeah, and so great, great example, great reason, great purpose for love. And we read today, and Sam read for us today from First John, God is love. God is love. And, and so this, in some ways, in some ways we, can, we can look at it and say, well, this is a, a Valentine's message, but, but it's, it's only in the sense that Valentine's Day is Wednesday, and, and we're dealing with love today. Um, it's God is love, and so we look and we're going to look in the, the love chapter, right? Um, chapter thirteen of First Corinthians, and if God is love, we we look at that chapter, we look at God's definition, we look at God's ex, um, God's expression of love, and, and we get to know God a little bit better. We get to know our Father, who He is, and what He's done for us, because. As we read this, as we because he is love, and so so we read it and we spend this time. Uh, you see in your bulletins and and on the back of the prayer list is uh, uh, therefore sermon title. Got it. Uh, love is I love blank blank blank. You know dot dot dot. I love I love all kinds of things. Right? Yeah, I love I love, and, and we can fill in the blanks. What are the, some of the things we love? Right. 
Um, and, and we we maybe don't have the best definition of love anymore. Love is love has been has been cheapened and misused because because we just have the one word. I love ice cream is the same as I love Tara, is the same as I love Jesus. Um, we use the same word and they don't mean the same thing, do they? And we know by context, we know where they are, we know what they mean, but but it still has a different idea. And so we look at this today. I love. And I love what? And, and do I really love? So 1 Corinthians 13. Um, you stand with me in respect for the public reading of God's word. A reading in Jesus' name. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, is not jealous, does not brag, and is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly and does not seek its own. Love is not provoked and does not take into an account a wrong suffered. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails, but if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, and reason as a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now abide, faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Father, as we spend some time meditating on your words, we ask that your spirit would teach us. We ask that you would open our, our ears, that we would hear your words, and our hearts, that we would believe them, our minds, that we can understand them. And then we pray for willing hands to do your works, willing feet to go where you'd have us to go, and willing mouths that we would speak your truth. And Jesus, we pray for hearts that are, that are full of love, that we would do all this in your love. We pray, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And please be seated. So as we look at this, and we look at this chapter, we're going to look at it in this context or, or with this outline. The first three verses, the superiority of love. And then the next um, four, through thir- four through seven, excuse me, love is defined, the definition of love. And then the, the length of love, love, eight through 13, love never perishes. Um, the superiority of love. Love is superior. Uh, in those first verses, he says, if I speak with tongues and of angels, um, if I have the gift of prophecy, know, know all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and all of these things, he says, but I have not love, you know, I gain nothing, it profits me nothing, it's worthless. Right. So, it's, so think of these and look at this, look at that list, if, if you will, look at there and he says, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, you can have great faith, 
Right? You can be, you can be a, a great man or woman of faith and strong faith, and you can even move mountains. Jesus, what did he say? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, move, and it will. Right? And so he says, you can have that faith. You can have the faith that, that most don't. Bigger, better. Right? And you don't have love, it's nothing. I remember when my, when my mom was, well, when she, just as she passed away, um, as she'd been battling cancer and as she died, I remember visiting with, with a lady and, and she was um, expressing her, her sorrow for us or um, sympathies for us as a family. And, and then she said, it was talking about my mom, and she said, oh, you know, she, was, she had such deep faith. You know, we know she's in heaven because she was so faithful. And at first, you know, I thought, oh, she had such deep faith. She recognized this. And then she, we know she was in heaven because she was so faithful. She had such strong faith. And I, yeah, she's in heaven because she believed, right? We're saved by grace through faith. That's a part of our, part of our salvation. But, but it, she's not in heaven because she was so great. She's in heaven because her faith was placed in one who was so great. And, and if we have this great faith and we don't have love, it's pointless. Yeah, it profits you nothing. That's a, that's a pretty big saying. I am nothing. I can, I can have all this faith, but have not love. I am nothing. Um, I, can, I can feed the poor. Take care, of the, take care of the poor and feed the hungry and, and, I, and I can do it in all these works but if I don't have love I'm nothing I'm, I'm just wasting my time it profits me nothing you know I I have a friend who's a, a financial advisor and he gives us some advice and says oh Marshall he says you should buy this or you should do put some money in this and and so we listen to him sometimes and and you know we one, one time we fairly recently we we bought some stock and he said you know it'd probably be a good time to sell it and he said it's it's just kind of sputtering and he says he said Let, let's just go ahead and sell it and and I said well I'm not making any money on it yeah but it's just sputtering we can make more money over here go ahead let's just sell it I'm like what good did it do me to invest in it if I'm not going to make any money? He says, oh, he says, look long term. I, I, I don't know, you know, but what good does it do to invest in something if you get no profit out of it? Now, I, I would suggest that maybe it still does somebody some good when we, when, when we feed the hungry or we, we take care of the poor. That helps. It helps somebody. Somebody benefits. But if we're doing it and it's not out of the right motive, it's done, it's done because, oh, we're trying to look good. You know, people see it. For sure God sees through that. Love, love is superior. Love is superior to, to great faith. Love is superior to, to, to acts of service. Love is superior to the tongues of men and of angels. 
We can have the gifts of tongues. We can, have the, we, can, we can communicate well and we can do all of this. But if we have not love, it profits us nothing. As, I, as I've um, performed marriage ceremonies and led marriage ceremonies for different, different couples... As, as we've prepared for that and helped them prepare for that, I, I'll say, you know, you're going to have some pe- people give you some advice. And, and I'll send them to people, different people that I know, and say, just go ask them for, for advice. They say, what would you get? I said, some of this time, and, I, and I, it, it happens. And everybody says, you know, what's, what advice would you give to a young couple? Communicate comes often at the very beginning, very, one of the very first things. Make sure that you're communicating. Talk with your spouse. Make sure that this. And what does the Bible say? I can have these great tongues. I can communicate really well. But if I don't have love, it's not going to do me a lot of good. You know, we can communicate, we can communicate really well, and we're communicating and communicating and communicating, and it, and it can be nagging if it's not done in love. Right? It can be critical if it's not done in love. It can be criticizing, I guess, if it's not done in love. Right? The most important part in our relationships is love. Well, today, in our culture, in our land, in our country, throughout the world, what's, what's so sorely lacking? Yeah, love. Everybody is... Everybody is Everybody's against everybody. We're angry. We're bitter. We're 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 clamoring, right? And we can you can't you can't help you get it. You could go online and you can find something wrong, something that that President Trump has done wrong or said wrong. Or you could go to the other side and you could find out you know and find out what what the speakers you know what what the minority party is doing wrong and and we can find all kinds of things right and everybody's criticizing everybody's beating the drum and they're saying they're not doing this right they're not doing that right did you hear what they said and and what does it do stirs up strife unrest Maybe we, need to, maybe we need to love a little bit more as a people. Now, that's easy for us to say here and say, oh, look at those people in Washington. Look at those pundits and, you know, writing the, writing the essays and writing the articles and speaking on radio and television. Yeah, man, we can wag our finger at them, right? But, but I would suggest that... that Maybe it needs to start changing within our hearts. And we need to start loving our neighbors. Even the ones who are on the wrong side of the political fence. You all got a neighbor that's on the wrong side. I don't care what side it is. They're on the wrong side if they're on, not on your side, right? Yeah. You know, you know I, I, I ran for political office one, a few years ago. And as I ran, I spoke, in a, I spoke at a gathering, and, and this lady came up to me and, and wanted to speak with me afterwards, and she said, oh, I loved what you said. And she says, y- y- I'm voting for you for sure. I loved exactly what you said. And, and then she said, now tell me, who, who's, who's in office that you're running for now? And I told her, and she says, 
oh, he's a good guy. Vote, voted for him for, for years. And I, and I looked and I thought, my thought was, everything I said he stands directly opposed to. Everything I had said that day. And, and I, I thought about it and I thought about it and I, I thought, how can, she, how can she say, I love what you said, I'm voting for you, I don't care who you're running against, you've got my vote. And she says, well, it's going to be hard. She says, I'm going to be sad not to vote for him, but I'm still voting for you. And then I realized something. See, she had voted not because, she, not because of his position. She had voted for him because she got to know him. She knew that guy, and she liked him. Now she heard what I said, and she said, I like you, and I like him, but I like what you say, and so I'm going to vote for you. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in that. Um, Maybe we can learn some lessons about taking our voting a little bit more serious than some people do. I know people that voted for a president because they were an underdog. That's kind of a crazy reason to vote for somebody. Cheer for a basketball team because they're an underdog, but vote for president for that? I guess a lot of people would vote for me for president then because I'm an underdog. Right? It's crazy. But so, so we can look at that. We can see lessons there. But how about just looking... For, at our neighbors and seeing the best is what is love look at our definition of love love is patient and is kind is not jealous love does not brag and is not arrogant and does not act unbecomingly it does not seek its own it is not provoked does not take into account a wrong suffered Re- does not rejoice in unrighteousness but rejoices with the truth it bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things and endures all things Love, love defined there. Love's action. Love's, love's putting some feet to what, to what we say we believe. Today, and, and I'll assume that, that each of us gathered here is going to claim the name of Christian, right? We're going to say, yes, I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying to live a life of following him. As Christians, little, little Christ, what, what the word Christian means, means that we're following him. We're imitators of him. And God so, God so loved us, right? Jesus loved the world so much that he, that he suffered and died for the world. Ephesians tells us that, that it was while we were at war with him, he loved us with a great love. While, while, while we were shaking our fists at him, he said, I love you. Oh, it's easy to love somebody that loves you. Or easier, Man, if somebody, if somebody expresses love for you and I like, man, it's, it's, it's easy. Somebody's loving to you, it's easier to return that love. But what if somebody, what if somebody is not loving to you? That's hard to love them. I said I like visit with couples preparing for marriage. Sometimes I'll ask them, you know, why, why did you, why, what, what first attracted you to them? And I remember this one couple, it, it was great. What first attracted you? Well, I guess because they liked me. That was the first thing that they, that was the first thing they remembered of. Why, why them? They liked me. Well, it's, it's, that's, that's the first step. That's maybe the easiest step, right? Love somebody that loves you. 
But when somebody's when when somebody pushes their snow into your driveway, when somebody it's easy to do this year, when somebody when somebody you know drops a tree into your yard, somebody blows their leaves into your yard. Somebody's just a nasty, cruddy neighbor. Somebody rejects your your expression of kindness and love. When somebody said. Those are the people it's hard to love. And love, look at this, it's an action, it's a state of mind, it's a state of being, it's patient, it's kind. These are things that, yeah, that we have to do, right? And so let's love. Think of that in the terms of God is love. God is patient then. God is kind. God is not jealous. God does not brag. God is not arrogant. God does not act unbecomingly. God does not seek his own. He is not provoked. He does not take into account a wrong suffered. God does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. God bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. One of the, one of the things that the, the church did few thousand years, well, a thousand years ago, 1,500 years ago, whatever it was, the exact timing, when they took and they put the Bible into chapter and verses so that you can find your place easily, right? And one of the things that, one of the detriments of that is, has become that we look at this and we look at chapter 13 and we read chapter 13, but we don't put it into context. We don't put it into the letter that it was written in. And, and as we see this, the very last phrase of chapter 12 says, I will show you a still more excellent way. In chapter 12, he is, is written, and, and we see in this, par- this, this section just leading up to this paragraph on love, we see that there, we have many members, and all members of one body. Um, though we are many, are one body, so also in Christ. For the body, and this is 12, now 14, for the body is not one member, but many. The foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body. And for that reason, is any less a part of the body? He goes on, and then he, he talks about the gifts. And are, all are not apostles. Are they prophets? Are they all are not teachers? All are not workers of miracles. All do not have the gifts of healings or speak in tongues. All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I, then I will show you a more excellent way. A more excellent way for us to live our life is to live it in love. Love is superior. Right? Love is superior to these things. Why? Because love, love doesn't look out for itself. Love looks out for the, for the benefit of others. Love, love is patient and kind. Love is not angry and is not waving a fist because somebody stepped on my toes. We were warned as we came in, well, Eli was warned as we came into, and flew into Egypt. We flew into the airport in Alexandria. And, and our friend Ben says, Eli, he says, this gets a little crazy here. And he says, uh, he says there'll be, he says, and, and we're going to come around the corner and, and people are coming from these different gates and areas and they have to go through with customs into this one area. And he said, they all come through and there's, there are these separate lines, but he said, they're all going to come through in one mass and then try and get into this one line. And he says, it, it'll get crazy. And he says, I've seen fist fights there and we're coming around the corner and the first thing we hear is... And Eli looks and 
And I look at him, and we look, and there's this, these two guys are just fighting, and they're yelling, and it's Arabic, and they're yelling and screaming. Why? Because, because they wanted that spot in line. That was it. And they got in a fist fight for that. Well, I've never gotten a fist fight because I wanted a spot in line. Now, maybe my brother, we might have we gotten into a couple of altercations when we were boys. But not for, over a spot in line. Right? But how about when we're driving down the road and somebody pulls out in front of us and cuts us off? <laughs> we'll honk the horn, we mutter. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we can be so impatient and so, so, look, so self-serving, but that's not love. And that's not the love that, that God has. Love never fails. It, it's a perfect love that, that keeps going. It doesn't end. Humanly speaking, my love, you know, on that emotional end goes like that. Man, some days, some days I'm just, I'm just earning some love from, from Tara and Ronnie, and I'm just doing everything great. And things are going, ooh. And then the next day, you know, I get a little cold and everything kind of cranky and owly. And, and man, those days, do they keep loving? Well, love doesn't end. Love is, love is perfect. God's love is perfect. But see, we don't get it completely now. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, reason like a child. And then I became a man, I, I grew up, and I, I understood things differently. Now I see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I have also been fully known. We all need love. We all need to be loved. That's, that's, a, that's a reality of our human psyche. That's, that's just who we are. We see love today, and we see just in a mirror dimly. We can't see it perfectly. We, we aren't going to live it out perfectly. Our knowledge is limited. But then someday, we'll see that face to face. I think there's maybe a couple of different parts in this. Before I came to know Christ, before I came to, to understand his, his grace and what he's done for us, I didn't see love as clearly as I see it today. And then today as I go through my life, I'm learning a little bit more and, I, and I'm understanding it a little better. I'm maturing, right? And, and I'm, I'm saying this is me. This is for all of us. Right? And we mature and we understand it a little bit better. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day when... when it, when, when the, our, we'll see so well. And everything will be clear. Maybe in physical life, we look at things a little backwards. You know, I used to see really clearly, and now I, now I use these so I can see clear. You know, it brings that blurriness out, right? Some of you maybe have to have glasses on the side of your bed so you can put them on to find your way, to way to the bathroom in the morning or the way to the make coffee machine maker in the morning, right? Well, when we're going through life without the love of Christ, 
When we're going through life, we're like, we're like that person who forgot to put their glasses on the nightstand in the morning, or they knocked them off and they can't find them. And they're looking for the coffee pot. You know, and they're looking in the living room. Right? When, it, when we're outside of Christ, we're, we're looking for that love that we need. And we're looking in the wrong places. Love, love endures forever, and God's love is there forever. We might not see it completely perfectly today. But keep walking with him and keep living in his love. And you'll know it better tomorrow than you knew it today. And someday, someday it'll be perfect. And what a great, what a great hope for us. To live in love. To live and bask in the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Father, we pray that you would, that you would open our eyes. That you would help us to, to live lives of love. Help us, help us, Father, to help us to live our life in your love. Help us, give us your grace that we would know your love better today than we knew it yesterday. And Jesus, that we would live it more perfectly. Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.